Hello, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And today's topic is this, the map to your matrix. Sit back and relax, and let's get started. So one of my all-time favorite movies is The Matrix. I haven't watched it in a while, but its, it's concept was all about, if you're not familiar, it's all about, a, it's all about the, the idea that the reality of the main character is not what he, he, not actually what it seems to be. He looks around and he lives in this world that has qualities to it that he's governed by. The floor, the ceiling, the walls, the weather, the relationships he has inside of this reality or what he perceives to be reality are all governed by all these parameters. Except he comes to find, and there's a famous scene where the, his, uh, his, his guide, the, the guide role inside of the, the Matrix is a character called Morpheus. Morpheus comes to him and asks him if he is interested in understanding what's really going on. And that's the famous red pill, blue pill scene. Neo, the main character, decides to choose to see what's really going on. And when he does, he's exposed to the fact that his entire world is nothing but computer code. And he's actually just plugged into it. As the story goes on, he becomes, he becomes uh, not only aware of the fact that the, his reality is made of computer code, but that he, once he realizes that, he can actually then change his reality. He can go from being um, just a normal man to someone who actually can control everything around him and do amazing things like fly and move walls and all kinds of things. And so with that in mind, in that context, that's why this episode is about the map to the matrix because I discovered something over the last few days. There's been two specific instances with my wife, where we've had fairly significant arguments that in both cases led one, one of us, one each time to a place of just absolute rage, like absolute, like losing your mind rage. A few nights ago, we had a little bit of an argument and you know, rather than the good night, my love, sweet kiss, go to bed. It was, you know, lights off, turnover, and, you know, that's it. Not even talking to you. And in that particular instance, I just found myself like I was just sitting there. I was like, okay, fine. And as I was sitting there for a second later, I just, you know, was like trying to distract myself. I was just going to go to sleep. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I just scream, fuck. I have to make sure this is the explicit version of this podcast, but that's what happened. It was embarrassing. It was like, it was startling. It's like my wife like was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like it was not good for a minute there. Like I, I, and I couldn't, I, as I, in reflection, I was like, why did I do that? 
Like why, why did I just out of nowhere, like it came up from like deep inside, like out of nowhere, it just came up and just like came into the world. Fortunately, my wife has a lot of grace and didn't throw me out of the house. And, uh, Yeah. So I was just there and I was just in this just place. So I started to kind of investigate this. Now, last night, another argument happened with, uh, as a result of our kids going crazy, trying to put them to bed. It's one, if we, if we charted where our arguments happen the most often, it's probably around bedtime. It's this something about the feeling of this deadline approaching. And if we don't get them to bed there, there'll be this loss of sleep or chaos or lack of any time to to ourselves, which we, which we value, um, at the end of the night. Anyway, the argument happened and I was trying to get the kids to go to bed one way. She was trying to get the kids to go to bed another way. And in that place, she felt like I was correcting her. From From my perspective, that's not what I was doing at all, but she felt like I was correcting her and she really doesn't like that. Like really doesn't like that. Got really heated for a second there. Like overly heated. I don't have her permission, so I'm not going to tell you what she said. But you can use your imagination. Good news is we're all okay now. Our recovery time in our marriage is like at a level it's never been where we can, we can have a collision and then recover in like the next minute. It's pretty cool. I love you, baby, if you're listening to this. I'm sure you will. Anyway, this morning I was like, I was looking into both of these things, asking myself, like, here's two examples of two major outbursts of emotion, but emotion encapsulated in white hot rage, both of these times to the point where we both look back on it and go, what in the hell is going on right there? Now, in most, for most of our lives and in most of anyone's life, these moments go un, not unnoticed, but unaccounted for. We don't really know what they are and we're embarrassed and the shame and the guilt stack up about why I would yell that or why I would say that thing. And then we just move on with, not, with more than a little bit of shame and guilt added to our backs about that one time that I said that one thing. But this morning, after investigating this, I started to realize something else. That those moments, and my, and my revelation from this, was that those moments are actually markers. Like, they're more than just a moment where we lost control. There's, they're more than just a moment of... of heightened emotion. These, these things actually can tell us something deep about ourselves. In fact, the things that trigger us at that level, I mean, it's not the daily kind of uh, aggravation or irritation, but it's the things that trigger us at that level of uncontrollable rage are actually maps. They're maps that are ex- starting to expose the core matrix, the core stories, the core beliefs 
that are embedded into our psyche probably far, like long time ago. And that those are the things that are truly controlling our reality and our results. Positive or negative. These moments actually are the map to the matrix, the map to our own personal matrix. They show us what controls us. And we can't see that until we look beyond the rage of the moment. Like I would never be able to see this. I would only be focused on why was I that way? I'm so ashamed instead of going like, like what's behind that? What's behind that moment? And in fact, I mean, the, the, the gift out of this whole thing is that now whenever I see that, either in myself or my wife, I'm not going to look at it for the moment that's happening. I'm going to look at it for, hey, that's a marker. There's something there. There's something worth investigating. I started doing, I started to specifically investigate both these, both these, these incidents that happened. And I started to remember a lesson from Tony Robbins. I went to hit one of his events last summer. And, um, one of the things that he talked about was what is, what are the main reasons that people don't have the results they have, they want in their life? And the number one answer, number one answer, the root of everything, fear. But that fear, all fears, are based on two primary fears. Number one, I'm not enough. And number two, I won't be loved. And both of those are exactly what were expressed in the two collisions with my wife and myself. When she shut off the light and turned over and basically like cut me off, like, I'm not talking to you anymore. The story that bubbled up for me in the back of my psyche was love has been taken away and it won't ever come back. And in, in reflection, I see that that's, that's something that goes back to my childhood. I don't know. I'm have to investigate that even further. Why I feel that way, that it'll be taken away and it won't come back. I'm not afraid of investigating this. I'm, I'm actually interested to go and find out. Or perhaps it's not a matter of finding out. Maybe it's just a matter of recognizing and going, okay, I got you now. I know that that's not true. But now I'm aware of it. I'm aware that that is the background thing that the background programming, the underlying operating system that is controlling and controlling me, certainly in that situation and perhaps in more situations than that. In the other collision where I was, where my wife felt like I was correcting her, you could see the other fear expressed, which is I'm not enough. I haven't talked to her about this, but perhaps behind that moment of white hot, hot rage was this background operating system that said, or perhaps she was saying to herself, I'm not enough. And this conversation was triggering that fear. Both of these fears bubbled up. Both of the two primary fears bubbled up in each of us in these two conversations, these two collisions. And I just thought it was, it was interesting that these things would, would surface, but the, that the fact that we could even be aware of them and um, course correct as quickly as we have is a result of the, the amount of work we've been doing in terms of aligning with each other, aligning our vision, aligning our objectives, aligning our, uh, our listening to what 
God is calling us towards. But as we start to move into that greater alignment, it's natural that these deeper fears would start to arise. These deeper things would start to be able to be noticed and, and uh, acknowledged. And so I can't say that I've got an answer for what these things are, but I can say that I, the, the biggest part is the awareness. And so here's what I challenge you with today. Go back, and it may be today, it may be last week, it may be a month ago, a year ago. There's some time where you were in that moment of absolute white-hot rage that wasn't something that built up, but it was something that was triggered. A word somebody said, an action somebody took, something that just where you just lost your freaking mind, like you just lost it. Maybe no one's around, maybe no one was around. Or maybe it was to someone. But there's this moment where you can look back on it and you're like, I was totally out of control. I was totally had lost like all capacity and to, to, con- to control what I was saying or doing in that, in that split second. And have you consider that that is, you could treat it two ways. One is you could sit there in, in, a, in a pit of shame and guilt about the way you acted. But, have you, but like, I can promise you that's not going to serve you. Or you can go back and look at it and go, that is a map to my own personal matrix. Like whatever was going on right there, whatever story I was telling that created this overwhelming amount of fear that then was replaced with rage, because guess what? When we move into a place of that level of fear with any of those two two, uh, primary fears of not being enough or not being loved or 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 somebody won't love me, The human psyche always does the same thing. It always moves into a place of creating a story to show that it's not our fault. We always want to point the blame at someone else. That's the default mechanics of it. But what might be possible if instead of letting those that background operating system control us without ever knowing it, what if we actually spent time investigating that? Like I started looking at this, like that, that story of I'm not enough, I'm sorry, of my, mine was I, I won't be loved and it won't come back. I started thinking about how this plays out in, in uh, other areas of my life. Certainly in the world of sales and business, there's this thing that says, certainly for sales executives, that you know, you've got this moment of massive significance and love and adoration from everyone when you close the big deal. But then there's this thing that says, unless I close another one right now, I won't ever be loved. In fact, the only place I get significance and the only place I will be loved is if I continue to do that. And so as a result, I will do anything to get that. I will sacrifice anything. I will make everything negotiable because I can't possibly bear the thought of not being loved. Certainly that was part of my story in the past when I sacrificed so much for a number that I thought would bring me the significance and love that I was looking for. So where right now in your life can you think about this moment of rage and what might happen if you reframed it from a place of, of discovery instead of guilt and shame? What if you went and looked at it and you said, which fear was being expressed in that moment? I can almost promise you it's one of two. Either you were telling yourself, I'm not enough, or I won't be loved. And then, who did you blame? Who did you blame in that moment? 
I can see it played out in my marriage. I was blaming my wife. She was blaming me. It's never about the person you're blaming. They're just the first available target. Like none of this is about the thing that's happening in the moment. Those, these are just expressions. It's just a look behind the curtain of the operating system that's controlling all of us. So where is that right now? Perhaps just a matter of writing it down. The last moment I was totally enraged, what did I feel? What was the fear? Was it I'm not enough or was it I won't be loved? Or maybe it was both. And just by that simple act of actualizing what was going on right there, I can guarantee you, you'll feel different about it. Because here's what can happen is that the next time it comes, and it will come, you can be aware of it. And you can remember this podcast. You can remember the time that you wrote it down. And instead of just sitting in this pit of shame and guilt, you can say, ah, I see you now. And then you can ask the following question. Is it true? Is it true that I'm not enough? Is it true that I won't be loved? If you have a relationship with your creator, you know the answer to that question. If you don't, go ask, go look for it. You'll find an answer. Every time we look for answers to those two questions in what is temporal on earth with other people, with other men, women, possessions, careers, anything, we will always fall short of being enough. We will always find a place where there's a moment where we're not loved. But with a relationship with our creator, a relationship with God, well, we're always enough and we're always loved. That's what I got for you today, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis signing off from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this with someone you feel like might get value. Thank you for listening. More to come.